0: Hard to see it. it. Took me so long to believe it. You choose someone like me to carry your victory. Affection could never earn it. Give what we don't deserve. Take the broken things, and raise them to glory. You were my child. as you lift us up, God, we have the power, we have the victory in your name. God, you've won it all. Any battle we face, you've already won, God. We claim that victory today, in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Please turn your attention to the screen.
1: Recently, one of our communities in Belize, some teenage boys were enjoying a game of football. They're out there playing, and one of our leaders is out there with them, and just having a good day, a boy from a gang decides he's going to come over and start harassing the, the boys that are playing football. and ends up just being a bully, and it may, a conflict breaks out. So our leader, he realizes, hey, I got to do something about this. I got to go break this up. And on his way over, he's you know the thoughts going through his mind. If you've ever broken up a fight, you you know the thoughts rush through your head, and he's thinking, how do I do this in a way that's that is right? How do I do it right? how do i how do I do this? And this is a kid from a gang who knows what this where this goes? Uh, so there's a little adrenaline in there but he said he felt a check from the holy spirit as he's walking up and uh, he's decided instead of going in and scolding all these kids and getting you know just getting violent and just getting aggressive with it he said he just grabbed the kid from the gang and gave him a hug just embraced him and told him i love you those were the words that kid needed to hear in that moment the holy spirit's always right he gave him the words to say and a few weeks later. That leader was at the care point running things and looked around and he saw this kid from the gang was at the care point. So he went over and welcomed him and said, man, I'm glad you're here, what brought you? And this kid just said simply, you told me you love me. And that's what that kid needed to hear that day. And he told, he went on to tell the leader, he said, I quit the gang, I'm here now. Showing love like that is exactly what Children's Cup is all about. We're here to give hope to inspire dreams and change worlds. Sometimes that hope just looks like a hug. Sometimes that hope means saying I love you to a kid who may have never heard those words before. That's what hope is. We give hope, sometimes that hope starts with a meal. 2.2 million meals we'll get to serve in 2022. You've helped us serve. Think about that number, 2.2 million meals. And every one of those meals is offering hope to kids. That's what this is all about. We're giving hope to these kids because we know when hope settles into these kids' hearts, they start to dream and they get to change their world from the inside out. We've seen these kids starting to change their worlds. This year, more than any other year before, we've had our kids out serving in the community. These kids are going out, praying for the elderly at nursing homes, picking up trash on the street, painting churches, doing great things, acts of kindness, showing love to their community. These kids have something to give. They're not just hopeless. They're not just people who don't have any future. No, they have hope. They have dreams. And they're changing their world. And that is why Children's Cup exists, to see them change their world from the inside out. Pastor Will and Crystal and everybody at Two Rivers, thank you for your friendship. Together, we're truly giving hope, inspiring dreams, and bringing out the world changer in these kids. Merry Christmas.
2: I'm Will. And we're the lead pastors here at Two Rivers Church. We want to wish everyone a wonderful Christmas Day.
3: And I want you to look at me, and I'm going to look right into the camera. And I want you to hear this. We love you. We're praying for you. And we're so pleased that we can spend our Christmas together with you as a church family.
2: In just a few minutes, we will close out our Christmas worship experience with a time of individualized family communion. We will have an open dismissal where you are free to leave whenever you feel is appropriate. Some music will be playing and our pastoral and prayer teams will come forward.
3: When you see a team available, bring your family forward and the pastoral team will lead you in a personalized time of family communion. The new year is just around the corner and there's no better time to get a fresh start on life and go after all that God has for you.
2: This is the only time all year that you will be able to receive communion as families. We want to pray over you and bless you this Christmas day.
3: Before we receive communion, let me share a thought from God's word for you this Christmas. We're sitting here surrounded by Christmas trees and Crystal and I have some tension every year around (laughs) decorating the Christmas tree because there are two styles of Christmas trees. There's the fashion statement tree that can be the cover of a magazine and then the other is the fun tree. It doesn't look that great but it has a lot of great memories on it. She likes the fashion tree and I like the ugly fun tree. <laughs> this year she sort of caved because she knows the kids are only gonna be with us for so long.
2: Yeah. And there's always been something special about the Christmas tree. Some of my favorite childhood memories are putting the ornaments on the Christmas tree.
3: I remember making little sleighs with popsicle sticks and then painting them red. And we wrote with gold pens the year that we did that. And every year following, we'd hang those ornaments and I'd have a sense of reverence for that little sleigh that we would make. I would remember the fondness of the creation of that particular ornament, and then I would treat it with respect as I hung it on the tree.
2: I wonder if any of you have favorite ornaments. Almost all of my favorites have something uniquely special because they are tied to a memory or a person. And I wanna show you some of them. We brought some of them with you. Um, So this one is Naomi's very first Christmas ornament and every year she is the one to get it out of the box and put it on the Christmas tree and it's so special because we've been doing it now for 12 years right so each of our kids probably like you guys at home uh, each of our kids have their very first ornament this one is Natalie's she says this is also her very favorite ornament and this one's super special to us because it's Nathaniel's our firstborn son who's no longer with us he's in heaven but uh, every year he still holds a special place in our heart because we get out this ornament and put it on the tree. And this is Nicholas's. You can't even tell it's his anymore because it's like all rubbed off where we wrote his name and stuff, but he loves it. And then there's the special ones they made, right? How many of you have kids that, or even maybe you as a kid that you made an ornament just like you were talking about and you put it on the tree every year? This one is Naomi's and I love it because she wrote Jesus on the back. So I mean, how special is that? Nicholas's handprint. His hand is bigger than the entire ornament now. And this is little Natalie's thumbprint. So they're they're just so special to us. And when we hang these ornaments every year, the tree becomes something more. It isn't just a pretty decoration. It becomes a memorial to all the beautiful memories we've shared with our family.
3: In some ways, the ornaments we have are sacred. And I have committed to protecting these ornaments. It'd be
2: terrible
3: if these were broken or lost or something that happened to them. They have special meaning to me. In this case, we understand the meaning of sacred. You also might have a set of good china that only comes out for the holidays. We preserve that china and protect it. I remember my mom had a special set of china that she would keep up in the cupboard. And at Christmas time, it would come out. Or at Thanksgiving, it would come out maybe four or five times a year. You, you knew it was something special. And and it wasn't allowed to go in the dishwasher. It was hand washed <laughs> and then dried and then put back up into the china cabinet because she was gonna protect it. She was gonna keep it special. She was gonna keep it separate because it it was tied to something that's a little bit bigger, something that's a little bit special. So we preserve the china and protect it for moments that are special. Christmas time is wonderful because it brings out those sacred elements in our lives. Unfortunately, in our lives and the world we live in, little is treated as sacred anymore. Mm. The word sacred is not something we're too familiar with in our culture. Christmas historically has been a sacred holy day. So here's the idea. We need some outward practices and habits that are sacred to help us protect and keep the purity of our hearts.
2: That's so good. You know, God has decreed certain things to be sacred. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was sacred. When I read about Uzzah, who reached out and touched the Ark while it was being transported to Jerusalem, he died. I was uncomfortable with the idea. Why would God kill Uzzah for being helpful? All he did was reach out to steady the ark.
3: Or in the New Testament, Paul says that many among the Corinthian believers were sick and some had even died because they were partaking of communion in an unworthy manner. When you hear about these deaths, it sparks curiosity, while at the same time, it sparks a level of self-centered injustice. We don't understand what it means for something to be sacred. We live in a human-centered world among people who see themselves as the highest authority. We're quick to say things like, that isn't fair, because we believe we deserve certain rights as humans.
2: Yeah, yet we give little thought to the rights God deserves as God. Even in the church, we can act as though God's actions should revolve around us, like our desires, our thoughts about how it should be. The stories in Scripture are meant to show us that something exists of greater value than our existence and rights. There are things that belong to God, sacred things. His Ark of the Covenant, His command to Moses, His offerings in the temple, His Holy Spirit, His Holy Communion, and His sacred church.
3: We live in a world where people carelessly rush into things. If we don't rush, we'll be passed up and we'll miss out. So we frantically follow the pattern of the world and ignore the fact that God calls us to act differently. Productivity is no sin, but when it comes to the sacred, God commands us to proceed with caution. It's this idea that maybe we need to slow down a little bit. Others might treat things as common, but we cannot. While others quickly judge God's actions and question his commands, we're to be careful to even speak his name. We don't carelessly question his actions or inactions. Instead, we pray. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we start by saying, hallowed be your name.
2: While others rush into prayer with opinions and demands, we cautiously approach his throne in reverence. Like the high priest entering the Holy of Holies, we are to treat prayer as sacred. I know I often uh, struggle with with treating prayer as sacred because I grew up a Christian. I've known the Lord and have been around prayer and prayed my whole life. So it can become very familiar and I can rush into it saying, hey God, these are the things I need today. All right, peace out, you know, type of thing. But Solomon, who was known for his wisdom, writes to us instructions about how to treat prayer as sacred. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 5.1, he says, guard your step when you go to the house of God go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong here's what it means in, in Ecclesiastes 5:2. he says do not be quick with your mouth do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God God is in heaven And you are on earth, so let your words be few. In other words, Solomon is saying, Crystal, you are a mere mortal on earth. Why don't you let God do more talking to you when you go into prayer instead of you telling God how it should be? Treat prayer as sacred.
3: The idea is that we have to protect some things. Some things can't be common. They have to be sacred. They have to be set apart. I need to slow down. Be careful around some things, and by familiarity, by constant use, I can take what is sacred and I can make it common. So we got to slow down long enough to marvel. You're you're part of something much bigger than yourself, something Mm -hmm. sacred. Mm -hmm. Through Jesus' sacrifice, you've been joined to his church. Because of this, you're not only a part of God's sacred temple, but a part of the heavenly community. Before Jesus, worship of God was to be done at the temple Mm -hmm. and in the temple, the most sacred place was the Holy of Holies. No one could just enter into the Holy of Holies. They had to go through a ritual process of sanctification and purification and in fact it was so dangerous that they would tie a bell to the hem of the garments of the high priest when they would enter the Holy of Holies and if the bell stopped ringing, They had a rope attached to their legs so they could pull out the dead body of the high priest who might have violated something in the Holy of Holies. Well, when Jesus offered his life as a sacrifice, the veil separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the world was torn. What that meant was that God's presence was now accessible to everyone in the world and actually he dwells in us. 1 Corinthians tells us that he dwells in us, that we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we've become the Holy of Holies. Our hearts are the sacred space that must now be protected. And here's that idea. We need some practices and some habits that are external to us to maintain the sacredness and the purity of our hearts.
2: And while we've been set free from the law of sin and death, we are entrusted with the law of the Spirit who lives in us and brings life. We need to embrace some sacred practices to keep our Holy of Holies, our hearts, from becoming spoiled.
3: This Holy Day, Christmas Day, is an example of taking time to separate ourselves from the world, from our own routines, and give space and time to keeping sacred that which truly matters. Every year we talk about peace and joy and slowing down. And we begin, we have built into Christmas routines that help us to remember that this is what we should be doing. We watch movies like The Grinch and his heart begins to grow two sizes because he realizes Christmas isn't about all of the gifts. There's something bigger. There's something better. There's something that truly matters and it changes his heart. He has a, something that happens around him that changes something in him. And I think that we can craft these moments into our life that not only if we want to keep a sacred heart, we have to have some disciplines that create sacred protection for hearts. So in a few moments, when we pause to receive communion, my challenge for you is to discover what external habits you'll embrace in 2023 that'll help you to maintain the sacredness of your heart. God still calls his tithes and offerings sacred. His Holy Spirit is sacred. His Holy Communion is sacred. His church Mm. is sacred. So maybe you can create a discipline around your tithe. Maybe you'll commit to gathering with the church every single weekend.
2: Maybe you'll commit to reading the Bible on a daily basis or refrain from a particular media. Perhaps you will carve out a special time that is only for you and God. Take this time to make some external things sacred so that your heart will be protected and blessed by it.
3: So maybe you're here today and you're not yet in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm inviting you to a relationship with him that actually he'll come and he'll dwell in your heart. He'll change you from the inside out. When you step into a relationship with Jesus, you're gonna be amazed at what God does in your heart. Don't just pray a prayer here in a few moments. This year, I'm asking you to go all in. I'm asking you to give this a year of your life. I'm asking you to make some sacred commitments to be all the way a part of the church for one year. And here's what I know. If you'll put your trust, your faith in Jesus and go all in with God and be a person of faith, You're not going to believe the difference that God's going to make in your life. I'm inviting you to give this a year of your life. Go all in. Let's make 2023 the greatest faith year of your life. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let me pray for you, and then our community pastors are going to come and lead us in response to the message. Bow your heads with me. Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself. It was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And here on Christmas Day, we're reminded with gratitude that what you did is absolutely special. It is sacred. And we're carving out time. We've carved out time in our celebrations to say we're putting you first. And I pray that that would extend into all the areas of our lives where maybe we've taken some things that are sacred and we made them common. Mm -hmm. And I pray that That sacred protection would protect our hearts all year long. Let our hearts be filled with joy and peace and contentment in life this year in 2023 because there are some protections that help us to experience you more fully. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: We never like to close a service without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. For me, everything changed when I made this decision. So if that's you, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then would you say this prayer with me? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Repeat after me. Jesus, I come to you just as I am and confess my sins to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I will no longer be bound by guilt or sin. I declare that your sacrifice on the cross has set me free and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and trust in you alone as my hope of salvation. Through faith in your resurrection from the dead, I declare that I and a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer, we would love for you to fill out your response card so we can help you with your next steps. This is your church home now and we cannot wait to see you next week.